0: Hi, Good Morning Night Vale listeners, fans, owners, and future patrons.
1: Yes, we said it patrons. We are launching a Patreon so we can do cool things like bring you more fun slash weird content and have some cash to pay our editors and mixers.
0: If you were thinking, I'd love to buy those Good Morning Night Vale hosts a beer
2: or a Froyo or two semesters of tuition at mortuary school. Now you can, but instead of beers and yogurt and embalming fluid, It's cash, so
1: we can use it to keep bringing you this show. We have great perks for our patrons, like ad-free episodes and exclusive backstage tour videos and pictures, including video from our recent trip to White Castle.
2: It was fine.
1: Totally fine. Plus,
2: a bonus monthly fan zone-only episode, bi-monthly live fan zones, shout-outs in the credits, recipes, and food recs from the cast.
1: I, Hal Lublin, will make scones for you on the internet.
2: Plus
0: monthly weird personalized gifts and snacks delivered by mail from the cast. I have a
2: lot of weird Night Vale shit in my house and for the right price, it's coming your way. And the opportunity to be a guest on Good Morning Night Vale on the future episode of your
1: choice. And more.
2: If you love us or even just like us, check out our Patreon and keep our love alive with your sweet, sweet cash. Go to patreon.com slash goodmorningnightvale that's patreon.com. Good morning, Nightvale.
1: We are forever in your hearts.
2: And in your earbuds. And in your bank accounts.
1: It's fine. We, we love,
2: love you. Mountains. Endless mountains. Peak after
0: barren peak. And what lies restless in the shadowed valleys? I cannot say. I cannot say.
1: Good morning, Nightvale.
0: My name is Meg, and I'm not part of the all because
2: I'm the one that's talking. Hi, and I'm Symphony, and I think I'm part of the all because I'm your friend.
1: And I'm Hal Lublin, and I'm the official legal representation and guardian of all. And this is Good Morning Night Veil. I wanted to sing a holiday song so badly because (laughs) I love the holiday season. I'm staring right now. As we're recording this, it is the fifth night of Chanukah. I'm looking at my menorah, and it looks like there's been a murder. It looks like somebody's murdered the a bunch of candles. Yeah, but, like, they're really melting oddly this year. Like, they're yeah, they, cool. these candles wanted to live.
0: When you get to night five, when you start to get to that other side – of the of the menorah that's when things start to get really dicey and you're like putting the candle in, and you're trying to get the, the <laughs> yeah. center one in whatever the shiksa yeah. the shiksa candle and the shamus um, yeah <laughs> the shamus and uh you're just trying to get that one in and there's so much fire yeah you're like just don't <laughs> screw it up first <laughs> night you're like cool this is easy everything fits where it's supposed to fit there's no like dicey shaky trying to melt things in like with yeah. well, pressure's high when you get to that other
1: side. It's the Hebrew version of operation.
0: Yeah. Jenga
1: I didn't know there was so much drama when it came to Menorahs. Yeah, we we do not save it for our mama. We get the drama from our mama. But that's not what we're here for. This is Good Morning Nightvale. If you're just listening to this for the first time, you're like, is this that Judaism podcast I've been hearing about? It's not. Uh, we are three of the cast members of Welcome to Night Vale. And what we're doing is a re-listen of the series from episode one. Uh, All the way through to the end, we will eventually catch up with you. Welcome to Night Vale. We're hot on your tail. Um, We're going to break down episodes, talk about some behind-the-scenes stuff, give our opinions and theories, sometimes discuss yours. And today we are concentrating on episode 27, First Date.
2: And the episode description for First Date is, Cecil tries to convey the important news of the day, including delivery of some mysterious crates in the desert. A new library expansion, and the annual Bluegrass Festival. But he has more pressing issues on his mind. Let's talk
0: about it. He sure does have some more pressing issues on his mind. I love how, like, right at, like, it starts right from the jump. It's like, this is the misuse of station funds. Like, I'm just gonna, let's just talking (laughs) about my date. It's just like pull up and sit down. We're going to have the misuse of station funds hour um, to talk about this date. But then station management kind of steps in and is like, girl, no. Um, so
2: Yeah, they tried to put the kibosh on that by flailing around. But yeah. we're,
0: like, feral for it. We, the listener, are like, I don't care about what else is possibly happening. I need to know how this went. Because you, we had the, like, they had the, like, episode where the light's in the Arby's. And we're like, oh, my God, it's happening. And then we go to the Faceless Old Woman episode. And so we're, like, kind of hung out to dry for a little bit. And so now we finally get an answer about, like, what's going down. And uh, stuff's going down.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. You got. I mean, you got to keep people on their toes. They're, you can't just like give up, give it all to him in one second, you know. So it's like you got to draw it out. And I think they did a great job of drawing out this this courting, this romance that they have. And um, I hope you got from my intonation of the description that everybody knows he's really into Carlos, but it was supposed to get sexy because they get a kiss. They are a kiss. They <laughs> said so have like a sweet little kiss. And it they set it? off a million squeeze across the nation.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is one of those episodes. I am assuming that is like if if you were to poll all of the fans of Welcome to Night Vale and ask them what their favorite episode is, this has to be like a top five, right? Is that fair to say, or at least most important episodes? This is a pretty important episode because it, because of what it is for their for their relationship. I think maybe it would just be supposition, but I
2: mean, it, for how much people love C- Cecilos, yeah, I would imagine that this episode is quite important because it's really where their stuff starts getting serious, and they're not just, you know, it's not just Cecil pining over Carlos, yes, or talking about how perfect Carlos is. Uh, he's there's more substance there to their love affair
1: yeah this is the the birth of their relationship and i I love uh what I love about this episode is the fact that it's it's part their love story so you get mm-hmm. a you get a different side of Cecil uh, and it's fun to watch Cecil sort of chew on that and play uh play the episode out as a performer but right. also I love that the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead of it all where the episode is about them getting together, but meanwhile, everybody's turning into shadow people in the background, right. and you and just like, get nobody cares. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like nobody cares. It's not it's the least and it, and it re- reminded me of that feeling that I know I know all of us have been in love with someone before. And that feeling yeah, you supposedly. have when you're in the, the the early stages of a relationship where yeah. like everything is about the two of you. And everything else is just sort of noise, uh, background noise. A- and yeah, that- you're in a love bubble. Exactly. This is this is the ultimate version of that love bubble. I think. I agree. I agree. There's even
2: that section where he's he's like, it's like, uh, run from the shadow people or become one. Make up your mind, lady. <laughs> and I'm like, he's annoyed when he should be like concerned about like all these people turning into things, but he's in that love bubble with. Carlos, and yeah. so his focus is just on that.
0: Yeah, I was uh, kicked out of the Google Hangout. I don't know if you were talking about this, but uh, um, how I kind of thought saw the whole episode as like a metaphor for early love and like yes. first dates and like that. Is that where
2: you were? Okay, great. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. We were so. trying to go on like nothing
1: had happened. Well, you made it yeah. a meta- you brought up the metaphor part Meg which I 100% I was saying it's like it reminds me of being there but I, this I was listening to it uh, this morning and I was like this is a perfect metaphor for that which you have now voiced. So, I agree with you 100%. And maybe that's yeah. why I love it. I love that because I felt that those feelings before that it's nice to have it. Played out so nicely and described and and presented so well, or or something that feels accurate, even though it's bizarre and not anything that we can all directly relate to, just because of the weird world that we're in.
2: Is that the way you felt with your beloved Jennifer?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it is. I knew very early on uh, that I wanted to spend the rest of my. Life. I was just talking about this today. The, I will tell you the the moment I knew. That I wanted to propose to her, that I was like ready to propose to her. We had gone to Las Vegas for Thanksgiving. This is one of the few Thanksgivings that either of us have spent away from from either of our families, you know. And we had gone with a bunch of friends, and Jennifer had gotten a cold. And we spent the night in our hotel room eating takeout and watching movies. And I and I was sitting there. I was like, "Oh, th- this is." Better than anything else I could be doing right now is sitting here with this other human being, this specific human being. And that was when I knew, like, it's time. I need to propose to her. Like, I want to do it. I'm ready.
2: Aww.
1: Aww. What was your
0: first date like?
1: (laughs) She came to see a show I was doing at Second City Los Angeles uh, that was written by Ben Acker, one of the co-creators of Thrilling Adventure Hour, uh, and co-starred Annie Savage uh one of the other one of my thrilling adventures i mean somebody i've been performing with for 17 years and she came to the show we were we were in a sketch group together and i had asked her i said do you want to come to the show we'll get a drink afterwards which is odd because i don't drink but it like, <laughs> felt like that's what you ask somebody to do as an adult yeah <clears throat> but she was like yeah i'd love to and then we hung up on the phone and i realized i didn't know i was like oh i didn't really ask her on a date so i have no idea whether or not this is actually a date and then I saw her, I always peek out behind the curtain, I like to see the audience, and I saw her walk in and her hair was like done up and flipped and she was wearing like this amazing outfit. I could, I could describe it to you exactly, but uh, when I saw her, my heart, like I, my heart started racing and I don't was get it a, nervous. Was it a
0: tunic and furry pants?
1: <laughs> it was a tunic and furry pants. Just By the way, uh, how crazy is it to have it described, like that feels like the most physical description of Cecil we've had yet. Not to get not to leave my first date, oh, but to yeah. get back to the what the show is is like, <laughs> that uh, struck me. But let's me, go like, back oh. to
0: your first date. What do you need to hear? So she was dressed, she was looking good. She's and just so that, very Is that nice. when you knew it was a date?
1: That was when I knew it was a date. My heart started like beating a million times a minute. And then we went to a restaurant across the street afterwards and we got food. I was on Weight Watchers at the time, so I was drinking a ton of water. Yeah. Like giant jugs of it. So I I think I peed like thirty times during that date. <laughs> Thirty times. She's like, she's probably like, why does this guy keep getting up and
2: going? Like, He's a cokehead. <laughs> yeah. <I> mean, <laughs> she's like, he's definitely
1: a cokehead. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I thought. She's like, she's definitely assuming that I'm going to to snort copious amounts of cocaine. Like the third time, you're like, J- can't you just snort it all at once? Is this something that cocaine <laughs> people have where they have to keep going back for additional tastes? Uh, but, yeah, it was great. And then that was – and it, now that the great love story continues. We've now been married for over 11 years.
2: Oh, oh wow. And yeah, romance okay. is still alive.
1: It's still sure alive, as, as everybody knows from the shower pie story. And if you go to <laughs> Patreon, if you become a, a backer of ours on Patreon uh, later this month, you will get to hear her side of that story. That is an exclusive yeah. that we can tell you is part of. Uh, that is a, a Patreon-only exclusive, my wife telling <laughs> yeah.
0: And it, it is the thing that in the, you know, 30 episodes or whatever of the show that we've done, it is the thing that has made me laugh the most is
1: Jennifer's <laughs> side <of> that story. <laughs> <laughs> She's such a diplomat.
0: She really is.
1: <laughs> what about your – what uh, was your first date? uh with joseph
0: well we were we were friends first um and i realized that i liked him like oh like a couple months into our friendship and then i was like i'm gonna go for it and i was like i'm gonna throw my cat right at him um so we uh <laughs> went to go see uh my friend's band play um at the bitter end in new york and before we went we were hanging at his his apartment with his roommate, and we got really drunk and really stoned. And <laughs> we went to this bar, and then I uh, we walked out. We saw the the band play, and then we were walking back to his apartment. And I like held his hand, and we like encountered a police horse. And I was like, I once I said hi to the police horse. I was not <laughs> was, like really just petting a police horse. Um, and then <laughs> there was definitely that part. And then yeah, we were walking back, and then we got to the, his corner, and I was like, I like you. And he's like, you shouldn't like me, but then he made out with me, so. (laughs) And married you. Yeah. Yeah. So. Much later on, much later on. Was he (laughs) trying, do you think he was trying to play the bad boy? He's like, you
2: shouldn't like me. You know? Well, he
0: just didn't really didn't want to be in a like relationship. He wasn't ready for me because he had just been he had been in a really long term relationship for like up and like almost up until then. He'd been single for maybe like six months after being like with someone for like like a really long time, like seven years or something. And so he was uh, he wanted to like be like a single guy in New York and like play the field. And <laughs> and if you know Joseph, you know that is something he is
2: not suited for. No. So. <laughs> yeah. So. you shut that you shut that shit down real quick
0: yeah I was like nah, dude you're coming with me <laughs>
2: <laughs> well I like to uh look at it when we go back to this episode they go to the f- the the full Gina neither one of you had a date like a traditional like let's go to a restaurant you know because right. it was like traditional date I, I I've only been on like one or two dates in my whole life dating now is weird you know uh but this this is like the traditional like they go to a restaurant although it's a very strange restaurant genos there's no you just like appear inside of it
0: i dig yeah. it i like that you have to get out with a brick
1: yeah you gotta put in a room without doors
0: yeah it definitely feels like it feels like a like a modern la restaurant it's like in, <laughs> for your third course, we're going to lock trap you in a room
1: exactly.
2: <laughs> well, and just the name I love Gina's Italian
1: Dining Experience and Grill and Bar, and uh, and the maybe ground zero for the shadow people because the, the waiter's the That's first one to turn into a it. shadow man, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Although this has to be related. Here, here's a question I have. Is is this relationship, or has the early stages of this relationship put the entire town in jeopardy because Cecil forgot to mention that holes were opening up in people's walls? Right. Because mm-hmm. so he was like, more distracted. Exactly. He's like, this is uh, this, things will suffer when you're when all of your focus is thrown towards one thing, and it feels like in this case he forgot to report a major and highly dangerous story, and then he's just and because he's he's still. In love, although this is kind of a town. This seems like a town where death and terrible things is par for the course. Right. It's not that big a deal. You get that. Well, I guess if you were affected by that, you're gone, so too bad.
0: <laughs> I mean what I mean, they can
2: warn people, but what are they really gonna do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's true. I mean, even like let's look at the Louis Blasco thing, like that's very unsettling that he like in your mirror like you don't have to do anything and he's just like going to come and teach you bluegrass licks and and the and take your soul through the dark side of the mirror like what and people are like oh yeah louis blasco yeah how did you learn bluegrass <laughs> i guess i just didn't you know
0: yeah exactly um uh, we get an update on the crates did you talk about that while oh, i was in my google n- google
2: calendar hole no <laughs> no um, <laughs> we hadn't gotten there yet we were we were just talking about r- romance um, yeah. but yeah, um, that is, I was like, oh, that goes back to the story of you. Right. Story of yep. you. Yes. I can never remember if I say it right. Um, and I was like, oh, they're, and they're just like, don't pay attention to it. It's no big deal. Sometimes they're hot. They're warm to the touch, but like, whatever. But like, it's this, um, impending thing. Does this come back again later?
0: Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I can't, crates, crates I can't remember
2: where things happen. Well, I'm excited for it. Yeah. Yes.
1: I, I love that the National Guard station is also a KFC.
2: Oh, my God, yes. It makes me think of the um, Taco Bell KFCs. Yeah. The, com- they, the combo.
1: Don't they also have – I know Pizza Hut also com- combines with Taco Bell, but doesn't Pizza Hut also combine with KFC?
2: I feel yeah. like there are ones where they even triples. Yeah, the <laughs>
0: Taco Hut. Speaking of dates, one time I was dating uh, a gentleman who was not good for me, and he had to appear in court. And um, I went with him. <laughs> I went with him to court, and then afterwards, we went to a KFC taco hut.
1: <laughs> Why did he have to go to court? I'm
2: just gonna. They did something illegal, Hal. Why does anyone have to go to court? I... <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna back this up again, and just like we've talked about this before, but like. The sliding doors on this, had you stayed with that bad person, you could be, like, a chain-smoking, like, outside of a – in a mobile home, like, with, like, six kids, and he's in full-time prison. (laughs) Like, I'm just imagining that could have been your future instead of the – very quite literary one you have right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, a delicate life of podcasting
2: and cuddles, <laughs> and up and upstate like f- like
1: farm to table like food. Your farm to table life.
0: I yes. have monogrammed flannel pajamas, motherfuckers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I do think if you had gone the criminal route, that you would definitely be like a boss. You'd be in charge of everything, so that there you would have some comfort. You would have like monogrammed. Like leather pajamas, I guess I don't know. is that what or or denim pajamas? Is that what isn't that like the classic like nothing says a villain then or a or a criminal then I wear exclusively leather and denim in some combination
2: <laughs> sure, right? Yeah, I could do that. no. I mean, I guess it depends on what kind of villain,
1: yeah. I mean, I'm just going with tropes here. I'm not saying. I sure. b- I don't mean to offend all the villains out there and criminals. No, but I'm
2: I'm thinking about like um even uh, like a lot of detectives where, like will have like a, a leather jacket and they'll be wearing jeans like um because
1: they're bad boys.
2: Oh yeah, like Mel Gibson in what's wait, he he's is bad weapon, he's, yeah. a, he's a he's he's a, bad a, in everything. He's just a bad. He's <laughs> a bad person.
0: <laughs> yes, he's just a bad person. Oh, uh, speaking of a bad person, Marcus yes. Vanston.
2: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was actually thinking about this when I was listening to this episode. I was like, oh, yeah, Joseph and Jeffrey don't like billionaires. <laughs> Which I get it. They're, most of them are bad, too.
1: Yeah. You can tell that, like, the things that, that Joseph and Jeffrey don't like, if, if you were only going for this podcast, are authority figures, people with a lot of, like, billionaires, and bureaucracy. Like, a hatred of hatred or disdain or, like, this is stupid of... Bureaucracy. Not that I would argue with that at all, but it 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 definitely comes through, and it's a fun, it's a fun and like a, it's a rich target to go after.
0: Yeah, it's a punch. It's a punch directly up. Yes, punch up at Marcus Fanston who creates this private library, which is like a really bomb ass library that he just, right next the, to the regular public
2: library, which yeah. is a
0: horror show, um, and he just walks around it naked. And then ta- n- ta- nude.
2: Yeah. And then taunts people about it. Like, yeah. He's like, oh, look, I'm reading a book. And then it's like upside <laughs> down. And he's like, oh, I'm just, I, I also like imagine him as a villain, 80s movie villain. So, like, <laughs> feathered sort of hair, like, really snotty face. Popped
1: acid wash jean jacket collar.
2: Yeah. Until he takes off all his clothes.
1: Sure. And he's got his jean underwear on. It's hard it, when I when I listen <laughs> when I heard this. Yes. All I could think of was Mark Evan Jackson, who yes. will who will later who will meet at, uh, in the debate. Uh, just it's such it, like so in his wheelhouse to play. He does a really great comedy act with a with some uh, with a hilarious improviser and actor named Carrie Clifford, where there's Sky and Nancy Collins, this rich. A couple from a gated community in Orange County, California, where all their friends tell them they should do stand-up. So they come up. (laughs) That's the conceit of them being on stage, and it's wildly offensive and a great, like, sort of lampooning of of that disaffected and and disconnected super-rich person. Yeah, Uh, it's so it's so good, and he he's so good at the at like that's just right in his wheelhouse. He's very funny. And could not be further from him.
2: He's on the good place. He's
1: he in is. everything. He is. He's, he's on he's, every show. Yeah, yeah, he is.
2: He is on a lot of shows because he's got this like he's got a very dry sort of sense of humor. He looks like an av- like a a smart like average white guy like yeah. but like really good in a suit and all that stuff. So he's got a variety of roles.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. He's um to play. on Brooklyn Nine Nine. I don't watch yes, he
1: that is. show. Oh, he's but so good it looks it.
2: funny. It's very good. I've seen like a couple
1: episodes. Mark my words, everybody, that you have only seen like a bit of what Mark can do. Like he's so talented and now it's – I got to meet – I don't think it was Mike Sure. I got to meet one of the guys who runs one of those shows that he works with. And I just mentioned that I knew Mark. And we, it broke immediately into the two of us talking about how talented he is and how like – he's like a he's like a secret weapon who shouldn't be a secret. Even though he's in everything, it's like he's still – there's there are more good things to come, and they could not happen to a better person than than him.
0: Yeah, and he does a lot of charity work, right? Like I know he is like, he's like as passionate yes. about charity work and just a stand up stand up dude.
1: Yeah, he has a, uh, his charity, which I'll plug here because we're talking about it, is the Detroit Creativity Project, which uh, brings improv programs into schools in Detroit. It's yeah, it's a really great charity. He's been doing it for several years, and they're doing a uh, on the fourteenth of December. They're doing a show here. They're doing like a good place improv show.
2: Oh, Oh, fun.
1: So, yeah,
0: I know I talk a lot of smack about improvisers and ukulele players, but, um, Ah. (laughs) but I really do. uh, I really do appreciate that art form. But I also do think it's really great for kids to have art in the schools and then also art in the schools where they get to be themselves.
2: Yep. We're, we're all nodding. I know you can't hear that. Yeah. But we are nodding (laughs) at each other. Yeah. I think it's great. Hey guys, we should be in a band. That that Dark Hall Records band? Yes, I think that Mm -hmm. would be. I think that would be great because mainly I think it's like stabbing and hammering people, and I'm I'm good at both of those things. I guess.
0: Yeah, if we were a band, I think that I think Symphony, you should be you'd be the lead singer. How you would you do drums? I want to play like disaffectedly play bass. And I feel like, Symphony, you'd wear, like, some, like, very, like, Stephen Tyler. Oh, like, spandex. Flow, sure. Flowy. Like, spandex and flowy yes. at the same time. Yes. And there'd be a lot of, like, cartwheeling and kicking and screaming and, like. I would totally stage dive. I've
2: <laughs> I i I've thought about that at live shows. And then I'm like, no, they would just drop me or I'd hurt someone. <laughs> like, that would be really cool if we could do that. But that's never
1: going to happen. Oh, stage? Oh, yeah.
0: the delightful Welcome to Nightville, indoor kid audience.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, poor babies. Could you imagine? Oh yeah. You did that kind of, you said that to the front row a couple times. You're like, here I come front row. Yeah. I tried to jump on the
0: front row for a while. That was
2: last
1: year's, it was last funny. year's comedy
0: bit. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes they were ready. Sometimes they weren't.
1: I hit somebody in the head with a tasty cake and I thought that, that somebody <laughs> would catch it. And I, now I feel like, you know, the next time there's a Philly show, I've got to think of something very soft I can throw. I don't want to. I don't want nothing with corners. I don't think they were hurt by it. They were happy. They had me come sign it afterwards. Okay. But still, like I was, I was. They wrote to us. Yeah, they. they yeah, we've already, we've covered them in a fan zone. But I, I was uh, horrified that I hit somebody in the head with a tasty cake.
2: Ah, it's squishy. <laughs> next year,
0: just do the. Uh, gritty Carvel ice cream cake
1: I want one from them. i'm gonna. I'm gonna write them. I demand one of those cakes. I need <laughs> one in my life. I will walk out and eat that in front of everybody. That'd be perfect.
0: Oh. oh the Carvel ice cream cake is delicious,
1: yeah, it's good stuff.
0: It's got the cookie cookie crunch layer.
1: Oh, it's so good, and then it melts and it's even better. Just put it in a cup. Just give me my piece in a cup. Mm. I'll eat it in twenty minutes.
0: I was um, uh, doing a book event with Joseph, and I met um, some lovely fans of Good Morning Night Vale, and one of them was talking about how he likes to listen to the show, and he listens to it with this kid, but his kid doesn't really like it because it makes him
2: hungry. Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it makes me hungry, too.
2: I know, us, too.
1: Before we started recording, give you a little inside baseball, I was sitting here going, I'm going to order Chinese, and then looking, I, I was looking for where I was going to order it from. I think I've got it worked out. We'll see how we'll see how this works out. Because I have you know, podcasting comes first, always in all things. But I'm gonna order some Chinese food.
0: I always have dinner before we record. I had uh, tonight was burrito night at the Bashwinner Fink House.
1: Oh, what kind of burritos?
0: Just bean, bean and vegetable, just like cabbage and lettuce and cilantro and avocado and beans and cheese. It's good.
2: Well done. I made uh steakhouse burgers and um sweet potato fries. Oh, oh, nice. So I'm pretty full.
1: I, have, I haven't eaten yet. Full. I I left directly from work and got but here. It's so
2: early. It's so early for yeah, you. It's like still you had early. Just here. gotten from
1: yeah. work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I walked in the door, and it, we were recording this at six o'clock my time, and I walked in the door at like 6.01 thinking I shouldn't have stopped to hit the mail.
2: <laughs> <laughs> one, uh, well, it this this week's uh, one of the sponsors or whatever is, yeah, one of the sponsors is Denny's Restaurant. <laughs> Y'all. Hey. I, you know, I love a Denny's. I love a Moon's over my hammy. But I like that it starts out as like a, they're like home security, like home security, like a, and about feeling safe and all this dangerous stuff. And then it's like, oh, just remember that, that life is da- dangerous and unmanageable and you can't survive forever.
0: Thanks Denny's.
1: <laughs> yeah, thanks Denny's. Yeah. Don't you think that Denny's I love Denny's too. I love anything that like people would consider a trash restaurant. I'm not saying Denny's is a trash restaurant, but it's certainly not it's, it's probably a diner. Sits, it sits below I mean it's come on, it's not a diner symphony. You know, I, you have I, real diners in Chicago. I'm trying to be nice.
2: <laughs> I know.
1: You can be nice and say they're they're a better restaurant than they're giving credit for. But I yes. do think I feel like I feel like I would enjoy Denny's a lot more if every other person in the Denny's wasn't there when I was there.
2: Oh, if you were just by yourself?
1: You had yeah. a private
0: dining experience at Denny's?
1: I, I, like, there always seems like there's one person in a Denny's who's about to lose it. Oh. <laughs> and I don't mean they're going to pull, like, a weapon, or, but, like, they definitely will throw a plate and start screaming. And I'm like, I just want to eat too much food in peace. Is that is that so much to ask?
2: See, all my memories of Denny's from when I was, like, in high school, this is when you could still smoke inside um, and I was a smoker back then.
1: Oh, the um, good old days, right? And
2: we would yeah, we would go and sit like after our choir concerts and stuff, we would go and like sit at the Denny's and drink coffee and smoke cigarettes and then but they started imposing a thing where you had to, you know, pay a certain amount of money, like your bill had to be a certain amount. So we all got like fries. It would be like fries, coffee and cigarettes, and that was like pretty Gross. much it. And it was Simple. me and a bunch of goth kids. It was great. <laughs> oh. So I have a I, have a, I have a soft spot in my heart for Denny's. I have a soft spot in my heart for goth kids.
1: I have a soft spot in my heart, and I have to go to the doctor about it. It's
0: from, it's from the Denny's. It's from eating Denny's while being <laughs> nervous right. about the drunk people.
1: Yeah, going, I hope those smoking goths don't come over here and bother me.
2: <laughs> and they're like, hey, Hal. <laughs> uh, uh, leave me alone. Uh, here, take the pancakes. I don't even want them. Your suffering is meaningless. (laughs) I know. I'm going to leave now.
0: Um, right after the Denny segment, we launch into uh, the station editorial, which is, like, a, a bit earnest, where it's, like, it's on the topic of beauty and talking yeah. about how the media is distorting um, the healthy self-images, and it goes on about that and how it's not good for anyone or children. And then it's, like, let's just let it all go. Like, let's just be ourselves. It's, like, take off the makeup and uh, and then take off your clothes and then take off your skin. And, like, it just – it goes down and your that... eyes pop up. Yeah, it goes from yeah. being, yeah. like, empowering and, like – Okay, to being just gross. Yeah, to just sliding into that like Nightvale
2: cheese grater of gore. Yeah, like, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, because it it's also d- made me think of Hellraiser. Have you seen that movie? No.
1: No, I I know what it is, but I okay.
2: Not. Uh, I love horror movies. So, and I don't care about gore, viscera, none of that shit. Like, I love it. I love it. More blood, the better for me. I like it. And in the first one. Like the whole thing is like the guy went to hell and like now doesn't have any skin and like has to like draw people in to like take their skin and like come back to the to the world, um, to be in it like as a human. And so I was just thinking about that and a blood soaked bed. So get that image out of your mind, suckers. That's yeah. where your
1: that's where your head is.
2: Yeah.
0: You could replace it with this image where they the, the hold – when he's dropping off Carlos – or right before that, when they're going on their walk through the park and they do the tree experiments.
2: Yes. Yes.
0: Um, One, adorable. Two, I'm like, oh, they're carving their name into a tree in Night Vale World. That's how you do that.
1: Yeah. Also, I like Carlos flexing for him. <laughs> that's definitely a – that's like for sure a flex. Like, oh, you know, we do these uh, experiments – I don't know if you're aware. It's probably pretty interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Do do
2: you want to do one together?
1: Exactly. Could be Mm -hmm. be
2: what they consider sexy.
0: (laughs) Science is sexy.
2: Yeah. And then towards the end, when they are doing the whole the whole kiss thing is so fucking beautiful. And like my heart started getting like really excited, like, and the music underneath y'all, it was a rom-com. I was like, ah! <laughs> mm-hmm. like in Night Vale, I was just like, literally like, Oh, this is so cute. And even though I I've experienced this before, it felt very brand new and very fresh. And I just loved the f- like listening to that whole paragraph. Ugh. And I've actually had that experience. Like when I was, uh, when I first met my, one of my exes, we, he drove me home, and I was like, so, and I had one foot out the door of his car, and I was like, so, Um, I had a really good time, and um, uh, I, I think we should hang out again. Okay, bye. And I leaned over and I kissed him, like, really fast, and then I sprinted out of the car <laughs> and, like, up the stairs, and I opened my door and, like, slammed the door closed and, like, put my back up against the door. And I was like, <sighs> and that's how I knew I was in love. Oh.
1: <laughs> I once had a girl who had to ask me to kiss her Because uh, I wasn't going to do it Oh, was not going to do it And it wasn't Jennifer That's sweet But I was like, okay
2: Did you want to kiss her?
1: I, you know, uh, sure I mean, well, why not? <laughs> I did know after that that I didn't want to date her Like I just, like I didn't feel a spark she was lovely, sure. great person, everything, nothing wrong with her at all. So, I made sure just after that. Don't feel that, it sometimes. No, yeah. After that I was like no more like we went out to dinner. I was like, "Hey, I would rather be friends. I just want to let you know now. Don't don't get too attached to this uh wow. this pony. i might. Just and then she jump threw a plate fence. in the Denny's.
2: Yeah, She and was like started flipping in the table Denny's. Not <laughs> She like,
1: flipped the You table. let me on. That's right. <laughs> That's right I did. I'm a bad person.
2: That's the, that's actually the nicest thing you can do is be honest with someone and tell them like, if it's not working out or something, because otherwise someone is like playing that over and over in their head. They're like, what did I do? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I would rather know. And I, it might hurt for a second, you know, Yeah But I'd rather have that second of hurt Than feeling like Have somebody ghost That's why I don't like this whole New dating Newfangled dating People just ghost Right You know
0: Back in my day When someone would ghost That would mean that they would do pottery with you (laughs) (laughs) And nowadays It means that they don't text you back After You know You made out with them
2: Right Uh. Which It's just rude It's just
0: rude I liked it better when Patrick Swayze was alive (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, Snot just it. came
2: out of my nose.
1: <laughs> like the better, the better. That's that should be. If you ever had to go on a dating site, uh, which you won't, like that would be a great headline.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <Just> <laughs> I
1: miss when Patrick Swayze was alive.
0: <laughs> yeah, I do. Ghosting was a different thing. It was much more romantic. That's way better. Yeah. <laughs> well, and technically, wasn't it whoopee I mean, was it everything whoopy.
1: No, no, she wasn't there. He he was just ghosting around her as she was at the pottery. Oh, and then at the beginning oh, they were before, doing it yeah. before, a bank before party. he
2: jumped in a um Whoopi's body and then they had sex? No, they kissed. Just kissed. Still. I think they just kissed.
1: And he yeah. he slid a penny across the air.
0: Oh. And that is the plot to the film Ghost.
1: <laughs> yeah. Now that we've talked about Ghost, here's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to hear from you, the fans and friends of the podcast about your theories, comments and questions. But first, let's talk about this episode's weather, which was Team The Best Team by Doomtree.
0: Yes, Doomtree. Doomtree, you can't see it cuz it's a you're a podcast, but I'm doing the thing yeah. with the hands, the wings. Doomtree, Doom tree bang, rang <laughs> Doomtree, bang, rang. Um Yeah, so Doomtree, uh, big friends of the show, big, big, big. Uh, we're big fans of them and their vibes. Friends of the pod, friends of our pod, friends of our friends. Um, yeah, so seven person, friends with benefits, seven person rap collective based out of Minneapolis. Uh, that is just yeah. We have been lucky enough to get to tour with Dessa, who uh, is a member of the collective, and uh, did, we did a show with um, Dessa and pa- Paper Tiger. So we, that was a show that we did one time, and then we've also been able to feature the, some so, some of the different iterations of Doomtree as weather on the show. Um, different bands, and they're just they're really great, and we really like them.
1: Yeah, it's great track.
2: I'm glad you like it, Hal. Um, it made me think from, it's always exciting to me when you like a song, how, cause I know you have just, I mean, I, your musical taste, we all are varied and different and like, you just don't tend to be like always, you can like the song by itself, but just like, you,
1: you don't have to tap dance. It's okay. Sometimes you don't like it. That's <laughs> all. My, I do have a general, like, uh, I don't like the, the weather breaking up the flow for me. Um, that's, that's the issue I have is sometimes it breaks it up for me in a way that I don't like as a listener, but I also, I respect, I respect that it's not my piece of art. So I enjoy it sort of on its own merits and I like to, I like getting exposed to new music. So I appreciate that part of it. And I do, uh, yeah, this is good stuff. I mean, I enjoyed it for some reason. This didn't, excuse me, it didn't add to the episode, the story of the episode, but it's a good piece of music that I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed listening to. So I was like, "Oh, this is a good little break." I I don't know why I liked it.
2: Was it reminiscent for anybody else of like a band halftime show? Y- yes, because of the. That's beat? what. Well, y- yes, and the the use of the instruments that um, there was lots of brass instruments, and it just sounded like really like a big band, and it made me think of like. The Beyonce, um, Coachella, uh, Beyonce, I don't know, whatever. When Beyonce (laughs) did Coachella, you know what I'm talking about. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. Yes. Um, That or just like when I was in high school and I felt like I should see Meg out there with some flags or something. Yeah. Or me out there with my (laughs) pom-poms. Yeah. And you know I like the hip-hop, so – yeah. I like the ops I,
0: I yeah, especially like Doom Tree. Oh, they're they're a lot of good jams, a lot of good bangers. Uh but I, yeah, what I like about this song is that it kind of is like a nice little taste of each each member. Like yes. they kind of like do a like a little round robin to get to meet everyone. I think it's a
2: good intro to them. I believe they call that a cipher, Meg. A cipher.
1: Oh, yeah. Don't break
2: the cipher. <laughs> <Uh-oh.
1: laughs>
2: Yeah, no, you get to, you get a little feature of everyone, and I was obviously very excited when I got to hear uh, Desa. I was like, woo. But yeah, this is a great song, and I love the title, Team the Best Team.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, I have you, a lot of, yeah.
1: And I was going to say, if you enjoyed this track, you should go listen to a lot of their other music, which is out there available for you to purchase and listen to. Yeah, support Doomtree. That's all I was saying. I didn't mean to cut in on you.
0: Yeah. I think they're doing some shows. Soon, I know that the the individual like kind of uh, faction projects are definitely touring. So um, go check them out. It's always a good show. Yeah, they are at uh, doomtree.net. net. All right, it could only mean that it's time to enter the fan zone.
2: <laughs> yes. Fan zone. Fur, 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 fan zone. Stay right there. Good morning, Nightfell. Vale will return after a brief break. <laughs>
1: you have trouble getting the sleepies like I do, having a good night's sleep, like a full night's sleep, let me introduce you to Feels, which is the premium CBD delivered directly to your doorstep. If you're like me and you have trouble, if you have stress, if you have anxiety, pain, or sleeplessness you just put a few drops of feels under your tongue and you'll feel the difference within minutes and if you're like me and you are new to cbd like i was they offer a free cbd hotline to help guide your personal experience feels has me feeling my best every day and it can help you too become a member today by going to feels.com good morning and you'll get 50 percent off your first order with free shipping That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash good morning to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. Feels dot com slash good morning.
0: That's the sound of me smelling my own armpit because I smell like a coconut vanilla cookie. And I smell like that because of native deodorant. Good Morning Night Vale is very pleased to be able to offer you 20% off of your first purchase of native deodorant by going to nativedeodorant.com and entering promo code goodmorning at checkout. I find myself very lucky to live in a time in history when deodorant exists. Think about how bad George Washington must have smelled and be grateful that you don't have to go anywhere near that. I don't want you to be stinky. I want you to smell great. And I want you to do that without endangering your body with harsh chemicals. Native deodorant can do that for you. Their products are naturally formulated and aluminum-free, so you're not gonna be slowly poisoned by your own armpits. You're gonna to have to find another way to die. And while you're finding that other way to die, you will smell great with a naturally-derived deodorant that actually works. Native deodorant is not tested on animals, so no narwhals, which are real, will be injured for you to smell awesome. Visit deodorant.com. use promo code goodmorning, and don't smell like George Washington. In the fan zone today, we hear from Lacey. Lacey writes, Hal, Meg, and Symphony, I started listening to Welcome Night Vale about a year ago, and when I got to episode 27, First Date, I remember cheering out loud for Cecil and Carlos. I've been a hardcore Cecil shipper since day one, and their relationship is always going to be one of my favorite parts of the show. I love you guys, and I love Good Morning Night Vale. Love, Lacey. Thank you, Lacey.
2: Oh, we love you too, babe.
1: Yeah, we love you too. Nice to
0: hear from you. We love the love between Carlos and Cecil. Yes. And we love this episode.
1: It is great how pure a relationship it is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's just an honest look at two adults in a relationship. There's, yeah.
2: Also, doesn't it make you feel like there's hope out there? Like, if in this wacky, wild town, Cecil and Carlos can, like, find love, even when it's unexpected,
0: anybody can, you know? Yeah. Yes. And what a a meet cute, too. Like, he's the local radio station, and you're a scientist who comes to his town, and you discover some weird things and work together, and it's just like, it's quite the meet cute.
2: That could be a
1: dirty book.
0: (laughs) I'm sure it is. Somewhere on the bowels of the internet.
1: (laughs) Some erotica.
2: Someone find me that erotica.
1: Not for long. R.I.P. Tumblr.
2: Oh. Oh, my God. Y'all, I'm about to get off of that, because it's like- it just bums me out. Why
0: can't we have the sex stuff? Is it me? Or how did we all get here?
2: I get that they they're when people are like, Oh, well, we don't want child blah 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 or whatever. I'm like, yeah, but you still have like white nationalist stuff up on your friggin' site. Like you're not taking that stuff down.
1: Right. What are you really trying to clean up here?
2: Right. It's the same thing like with like FOSTA and all that stuff that was like keeping people who do like cam girls and all sorts of people that like get their finances, yes, through partially sex work. But it's also like people connecting with these other people. It's like who cares? Just let people give people their money. Yeah, seriously. You can also give us your money. Yeah. Yes.
1: At patreon.com forward slash good morning Nightvale. Do you two remember Jenny Cam? <laughs> no. Jenny Cam uh, was a, a woman named Jenny Ringley. This is not really sex stuff. She, okay. She put a webcam in her dorm room and just ran it. It would like refresh with a picture every once in a while. That turned into, for several years, she would always have webcams up in her home, and you would just see her live her life. Kind of like Truman Show style. Yeah. If she, ha- if she was with her uh, boyfriend, then you would see that. Sometimes she would walk around, you would see her butt or whatever. But a lot of it was like – it was just this <laughs> odd like – you could turn it on and watch, like, she's just typing in her computer or her cat is running around. And it was just a really bizarre – it kind of predates, as far as I know, to people pay the for other it? stuff. No, I don't think so. Maybe.
2: Huh. It makes me think of those um, things where they have, like, animal videos. You know what
1: I mean? Like, it'll be, like, on a video on a nest. Yes. It's like that. It's exactly that. It was that sort of con- – it was April the giraffe – Long before yes, April. April the, the I was about to
0: say, April the Giraffe. Remember when we were like,
1: yeah,
0: on like bated breath watching that giraffe have a baby giraffe?
1: It's just interesting to see how we've used technology and uh, the the extent to which people want to uh, determine how technology should or should not be used. Yeah, just something, something interesting. So point Well, out. thanks, Lacey. Next,
2: Yolanda writes, "Hello." I don't know if I'm sending this too late for the first date episode, but I wanted to talk about this anyways. So if it's too late, sorry about that. You're not late, Yolanda. First date is a very important episode to me. I've listened to it so many times. When I first listened to this, I was a very young gal and I still hadn't figured out that I was a lesbian, but I was still reaching out and trying to find as much gay representation as I could, which... Would leave me leave me queer baited a lot. This led me to believe that Cecil Carlos would never happen. Even after one year later, all the way through the first date, up to the moment Carlos kissed Cecil, I literally thought Cecil was making it seem like a date while it wasn't. So yeah, when the kiss came, I was probably just as shocked as Cecil. So, in all. Thanks to Night Vale for creating a relationship that means so much to me and probably many other LGBTQ plus people. Keep up the fantastic work. Thank you. No, thank you, Yolanda. Um, and yeah, I, uh, I totally understand that when you uh, haven't seen yourself represented in media in a positive way or a way that isn't like, just like, oh, unrequited gay love which is a lot of the stories that we see out there in sitcoms and movies and whatnot, you could think that it's going to go that way as well in this. But thank goddess that it turned out the way it did. Yeah, I'm pretty pumped. I like to see that type of stuff.
0: Yeah, I'm also pumped. I'm glad that that it happened this way. But yeah, you're. Uh, uh, I think Yolanda. There is definitely is like during the date. Like I know it's a date because the episode's called First Date, but there definitely is the vibe that like maybe Carlos is not feeling the way that Cecil's feeling. Yeah, um, and then it's like they get to the end of the date and you're like, don't know how it's gonna go. And then yeah, that moment where it just like kind of cuts through and you're like, this is happening. This is totally on, and this is totally cute. Mm.
1: Yeah, I I just I just want to add how nice it is even though it seems to be happening very slowly <clears throat> the amount of representation in media in general seems to be like inching a little more a little more towards normalizing n- non heteronormative relationships or whatever yeah kind of weird uh whatever term we're using uh, describe just like straight white dude and a straight white girl like it mm-hmm. all across the board representation is getting better in it and it It just – it makes me happy and I I like to – part of my growth as a human being is I think enjoying the fact that people other than me are being represented more because when you grow up as a straight white male, you just assume because everything that's presented to you makes you think like, oh, well, what I do – not that other things aren't normal. I was never raised to think that other things weren't normal but it was just like, well, this is just – What's common and what everybody, you know, this is just how it is because that's every bit of representation that you that I saw growing up. That was that was how it played out. So to to have to now live in a world where people who who are younger can see that kind of representation earlier is so mm-hmm. important. And uh, you know, it's certainly an honor of mine, and I assume for both of you as well to be part of of something like Night Vale that's always treated those relationships as normal as they actually are.
2: Yeah. I didn't really, I I feel like I didn't even really see a bisexual person on TV that wasn't like being made fun of. Right. For until I was well into my mid to late twenties, you know? Um, And so I, I, you know, so I didn't have that when I was, growing up and I had to figure all that shit out on my own, you know, about what even I was feeling. Do you know what I mean? So it's, uh, uh, and that's, that's tough. And, but when you're, when you see something and you're like, oh no, this is a normal thing and it's not being treated like, oh, this strange relationship. It's just like, oh no, they like each other. It's just that simple. Right.
0: Yeah. I think it makes for better art, personally, because I think it better best represents the world. And for me, better art is art that is representative of the world and the people who live in it. I'm mm-hmm. the kind of person I love, like a, I'm a nonfiction person. I, I love personal storytelling. I I love reality TV. I like to see, <laughs> but I mean, and maybe reality TV is not actually depicting life as it really is. But I love the stories of actual people. Um, and when art gets close to that, it I think it, it makes it better.
1: Yeah. Agreed. Uh, well, thank you. Thanks, Yolanda, for bringing that up and, and allowing us to talk about it. And yeah, I'm glad that this show was a positive part of your journey. Kylie writes, hi. Hello, Kylie. First off, I want to take a moment to tell you guys that I love all of you and Good Morning Nightvale has got me going back and re-listening to the show. And it's really making me feel nostalgic because I've made some amazing friends because of us bonding over the show. And it's just a fun time overall. Well, thank you again. That's wonderful. You have your own Night Vale tribe. Good for you. Anyway, can we talk about Cecil's fashion? Kylie, yes. Yes. I believe the first time we get to hear about how super hip and trendy Cecil is, is in First Date, where he describes what he's wearing as my best tunic and fuzzy pants. I love this. Up until that point, the community basically depicted Cecil as this really well dressed guy in a waistcoat. Ever since that episode, my friends and I have made it our goal to try and change this idea to the point that we started a blog, shit Cecil Palmer would wear. Tumblr. dot com. Wait, I'm clicking right now. I love right that now. one. I'm I looking love that right Tumblr. now. I'm, it's so
2: funny. Mm-hmm. I'm pausing. I feel like there's a whole Galliano spread or something that's like so weird.
1: I just want to – I see fuzzy pants at the top. I see. Obje- Uh, Yep. Yes. 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 And yo, oh, the one with the giant fuzzy suit where it's a big, the model looks like she's lost in it. Yes. I mean, oh, this is just great. This is great. Good on you, Kylie. But anyway, they started a a blog dedicated to the strange fashion that we would imagine Cecil wearing. Whenever we go thrift shopping, we without fail find one or two things that we are afraid of wearing in real life. But we know someone in Night Vale would rock them without question. My favorite headcanon is that on lazy Saturdays at home with Carlos, Cecil likes to lounge around the house wearing neon yellow briefs and (laughs) see-through vinyl pants with his favorite (laughs) unicorn sweater. (laughs) <laughs> also, that Carlos is always wearing a rainbow glitter lab coat with ripped off sleeves, because why not? Keep up the good work, and I look forward to hearing your next episode, Kylie. Well, Kylie, those are striking visuals, and I, uh, I fully support all of them. What, what do you think, both of you?
0: Thank you, Kylie. I agree. I agree. I agree with your um, uh, desire to dream and your desire to uh, costume, costume these
2: characters in your mind. I'm here for it. Yeah. Yeah, Kylie, I'm here for that as well. And um, I, I think that rainbow lab coat, glitter lab coat could totally be a thing, especially if it's his uh, casual weekend lab coat that he wore on the date.
0: Uh, next up, we hear from Chrissy. Chrissy says, Carlos looks like Rodrigo Santoro, but not as Xerxes from 300, more like Carl in Love Actually, and wears a lab coat all the time. All the time. Like, he's got a lab coat on over his clothes, but possibly also a second one underneath them.
2: <laughs> like a
0: never nude. Like a never nude, like always lab coated. Well, just, I mean, you need the lab coat for safety. It's not there just for fashion and decoration. It's to protect your clothing from science. Because <laughs> science can get messy. Science leaks, science sometimes sprays, science can be caustic, science can be warm, and a lab coat is going to really protect your skin from that. And two lab coats, that's double the protection. (laughs) Um, Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned Love Actually because we're in Love Actually season and – it's not Christmas for me unless I go to uh, jezebel.com and read Lind- Lindy West's review of the film Love Actually. Um, <laughs> it is my favorite, one of my favorite pieces of writing in existence on the internet. I read it every year and I laugh out loud pretty much the whole time. So I would, Is it about how bad it is? It's just, yeah, it is. Uh, Lindy West watches Love Actually and does kind of a, a live, not like it's not tweet, but it's like a live uh, reaction of what she's experiencing. And- To me, it is, yeah, it just, do yourself a favor. Jezebel, Lindy West, Mm -hmm. love Actually.
2: Nice. (laughs) Do it. Dana writes, I'd also love to comment on how unreliable Cecil is as a narrator. Yes. No duh, Dana. That guy is a mess. Okay, continuing. It becomes more and more apparent as time goes on, as he starts to more regularly put his own personal life in the show, from talking about his dates with Carlos to having his friend Josie on the show talking about bowling night. It goes beyond wondering if anything he says about the weirdness of Nightvale is real or not, as he just becomes too involved in his relationship with Nightvale to be an unbiased source of information. He has his hands in everything and has an opinion on everything, and he becomes less and less afraid of getting involved and voicing his thoughts. He can't step away and report the facts anymore. The entire Nightvale world hinges on Cecil, as even Hunkotar knows his name. He's the center of that universe, and it's impossible for him to be reliable because of that. Even re-education from stage and management probably wouldn't fix it. I love unreliable narrators, though. I love having to question what's going on. It's no fun as if everything is handed to you on a silver platter. Sometimes it's just better to go hunting for the answers yourself. You're right, Dana, and that's why we do this show.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this week. Next week is going to be the summer reading program. Uh, Very exciting episode for all of us over here. We look forward to doing it. So thanks for listening. Thanks for writing into our fan zone. And uh, for those of you out there who are enjoying the holiday season, I hope you're enjoying it. For those of you who are not, it'll be over soon. Love you. And good morning, Night Vale. Good morning. Good Morning Night Vale is a Night Vale Presents production. It is hosted by Symphony Sanders, Hal Lublin, and Meg Bashwiner. It is edited by Grant Stewart. It is mixed by Vincent Cashion. It is produced by Meg Bashwinner. Theme music by Disparition. Special thanks to our fans who submitted their thoughts this week. Leave us a voicemail at 929-277-2050 or email us at info at goodmorningnightvale.com to share your theories and ask questions, or to tell us which host could play the most convincing Bad Santa. This show is powered by our patrons, like Hannah Thu, Holly Gruwich, Jessamine Reed, Caitlin Williams, and Catherine the Gay. If you're interested in supporting this show in exchange for lots of fun, exclusive, hyper-cool kid content, like having your name mispronounced in the credits of our show, check us out at patreon.com slash goodmorningnightvale. For more information on this show, go to GoodMorningNightVale.com and follow us on Facebook and on Twitter at NightValeChat. Special thanks to Christy Gressman, Jeffrey Craner, Joseph Fink, and Adam Cecil. Today's adverb is slowly. She was being slowly suffocated by all of the work she had to get done before the end of the year. So slowly that she didn't even notice until it was mid-December, and her face was turning a festive frosty blue, and her gasps for air sounded almost like reindeer hooves landing on a snow-covered roof. Perhaps you can relate. Ho, 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 help me.
1: I want you to write a story about a wedding reception. I want you to make that story two minutes. That's about 200 to 250 words when you read it out loud. Finish it. Refine it a bit. Work on it. Get it to somewhere that you are happy with it. I want you to delete it. That's me, Joseph Fink, giving a short writing assignment on me and my welcome to Night Vale co-writer Jeffrey Craner's new podcast, Start With This... If that prompt sparked your creativity, then give it a listen, because on this show, it's you who will do the creating. Not sure where to start? Start with this. Find it wherever you get your podcasts.